This week on Ultra 64, hey Steve, hmm. what does a pirate say to his crew when he agrees with them? Oh, I don't know. What does a pirate say to his crew when he Army men. We uh, played the Army men games for Nintendo 64. I hate you so much. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Ultra 64, the only podcast where we hurt Steve's soul with terrible puns, Um, and along the way we happen to play every game for the Nintendo 64. My name is Woody Siskowski. I'm Steve Guntley, still dying on the inside. Uh, We are joined by a special guest today, please introduce yourself, special guest. What's up y'all, it's Kevin Kim. Hi, I'm Kevin Kim. Well, welcome, welcome. He introduces himself twice. Yeah, nice. Like- well, it was one to us and and one to the general audience. So, Kevin, just we have safety. Yeah. We have never met before. Is that correct? That is this correct. Is, I have. Yeah. And, uh, I've heard is your this voices your card? many times. Yeah, this is the start of our our magic act. Yeah, um. Kevin uh, was kind enough to help out a uh, past guest, Kevin uh, uh, Kyle Graham, who uh, uh, that was on the, on the Yoshi, Yoshi story. story. And mm-hmm. uh, Kevin made mention that he would want to appear on an Army Men episode, and I remember noting it because it seemed very unusual, yeah. and because no one else was jumping at that opportunity. <laughs> so wh- why uh, why Army Men? Why did you want to play these games? Uh, well. I can't remember if I purchased this or if this was gifted to me, but this was one of those games that I forced myself to enjoy because I owned it. <laughs> sure. Mm. We've, all, we've all had games like that. We, we were talking about that yeah. off air. Like, this is kind of the epitome of a game your mom buys for you because, like, she means well, but she doesn't know anything about video games. And and you just kind of play it because it's in your house. It all it also feels very like specifically designed for that. Like they're like, uh, we want something that has guns and violence that will appeal to kids, but also that a mom will see it and be like, oh, army men. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not blood. It's just plastic blowing off of there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to be clear, uh, when we say army men, we need to be more specific because there are so many army men games. But today we played <laughs> army men, Sarge's Heroes 1 and 2 and army men air combat. These are the three games from the series that are on the Nintendo 64. Oh my gosh, I had no idea there was a series. I, oh, I yeah. only played oh, yeah. Sarge's Heroes. I, th- oh, I thought no it bombed okay. after that and they'd stop making <laughs> Well, ba- oh, based boy. on our experience with Sarge's Heroes, it certainly should have bombed after that. It definitely <laughs> should have, and we're gonna we're gonna count on you a little bit for the Sarge's Heroes uh, uh, tidbits because we tapped out on that one pretty quickly. <laughs> but uh, I don't uh, think I, mean, I ever actually finished the the campaign because mm, well, we never so... actually finished the first level. So. Yeah, we did not get far. <laughs> oh, okay, I kept dying yeah. a lot. It's it's a frustr it's a hard game. It's frustrating. Yeah, I'd say mostly because of the controls. But anyway, part of me. <laughs> Yeah, so let's no. get let's talk about sort of the franchise as a whole. Yeah, because uh, for people around our age, like if you were into gaming in the early two thousands, you couldn't really escape Army Men, and whether you this, wanted to or not, this was. I think this is the most try hard franchise I've ever seen in my life of anything. Like <laughs> they were pushing Army Men so hard, trying to make it into something that like gamers would connect with, and we and no one ever really did. But there are 23 Army Men games Which is released in crazy. like a 10-year span. That's no. insane to me. There's so many, so, so many. And that's not counting all the different ports and, and sequels and everything. Else. It, it just goes nuts with that. And they were really pushing hard. And I think this was because this was kind of 3DO's last gasp. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Battle Tanks was taken off as much as they wanted it to. So they were really leaning into this one. Uh, and it, it just it felt very self-conscious even when... Like it was happening, I could notice. It. I'm like, oh man, they're really trying to make this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like you said that that many games. Like, and it's just they never really. I don't think any of the games were a very big hit. No, not really. But they were just sort of. They probably sold just enough copies to sort of justify trying again on another one. Right. It was a good mm-hmm. kind of middle of the road franchise for them. So 
little history on this. Army Men was the flagship franchise for the 3DO company, which uh, we discussed during our Battle Tanks episode. Now, weirdly, the idea for Army Men sprung from a desire to sell more games in Germany, which was, and I believe still is, the largest video game market in Europe. So German oh, game retailers are very strict about depicting violence in video games to the point that certain titles would be altered to downplay the violence. Like a good example is uh, the Command and Conquer games. They changed all the characters from human soldiers to robots to kind oh, of uh, okay. uh, downplay the violence of it. And then other games like South Park, The Stick of Truth, and uh, Wolfenstein were heavily edited or banned outright. You know, so it's it's hard to get a game on the German market. Um, and incidentally, Nazi imagery of any kind was banned in Germany until 2018. So, like, Call of Duty games couldn't be released without heavy alterations and things like that. Now mm-hmm. it's allowed to be depicted, but... Uh, so, do you know, if have, have they ever released a Wolfenstein game in Germany? I couldn't or? tell you. Okay. I'm not sure. Nice. German listeners, right in. I'm curious if that's happened, because, I don't know, that seems... It's pretty integral. It's pretty integral, and it's also pretty anti-Germany. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I can't imagine that being a big hit. Um but yeah, so uh, they need to make it clear. As somebody knowing this, the developers of 3DO they were really desperate for a hit after the high-profile failure of the 3DO console, and so they they needed something, and they needed to break into as many markets as possible. So they came up with this idea for using toy soldiers to replace real soldiers, and that way all the violence is clearly plastic and fake, and you can't really get caught on censorship. So the original Army Men game came out in 1998 for Windows and Game Boy Color, and it was a real-time strategy game in its first iteration, mm. uh, which about half of the games in 1998 were from <laughs> our StarCraft episode. We remember that. So you can tell this is kind of a case where the Wikipedia author was probably involved with the page at oh, some point, because sure. I was reading it said that the game is regarded as a classic by fans. And I don't know that that's true. I don't well, think the original Army Men is seen as a classic. By, it's, it's regarded as a classic by people who regard it as a classic, is basically what that's saying. It's like, so fans <laughs> of the game are fans of the game, and uh, like it. But and So like, like professional regarders? Like yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, you're already in a pretty intrinsically small group of fans of our, the Army Men games right, and yeah. then like they're saying okay that's like the one of the better ones <laughs> and we were looking this up because yeah Woody brought up a good point like are these like a, a patented toy or anything like that because we've all had the little green army we've meds, like in the bucket seen them we've all but... seen I think I we all have them whether we remember buying them or how we acquired did... them usually they got left in your pocket after birthday <laughs> parties or something like that did but... you ever have any army men Kevin like the, the original toy was that oh gosh um I don't think I ever had a set, but I I think I ended up with a few random army men that okay. my friends just, left over at just like you know said, yeah. play dates and whatnot. <laughs> I, I think that's the only way you get them. Like some one person, <laughs> one person once bought a large bucket, and they've been slowly disseminating them around the rest of the world. So yeah, there's only a finite number of army. I, men. I feel like it was basically every toy that appeared in the movie Toy Story was not really a toy that really many people owned. It was just like an iconic toy yeah. like through uh-huh. it like andy's toys from toy store are like from the 60s yeah like they're the he's not gonna own these toys in 1995 that's the that's the fan theory is that woody was uh andy's dad's toy okay and the dad died and that's why it's so uh close to uh, yeah. oh that yeah. makes sense that's and a, then it would theory. be all the uh, other toys sort of match match that era as well. Yeah, yeah. Why um, are the dads Army... always dead in Disney movies? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Disney had a weird thing about that. Yeah, Disney liked to kill dads. <laughs> um, because it's like, to me... My my army men toys in the '90s were like micro machines. Right. They were like so much more detailed and like just the the, the solid green army men with the connected legs. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just seem so sort of mushy and to me like. The heart of action figures is all about, like, articulation, right? Like, how many joints can you move in the arm mm-hmm. and how many weapons can you attach to them and things right. like that. And Army Men has none of that. They don't move, yeah. And there, there's only, like, I don't know, half a dozen different poses that they do, right. you know? And they always have, like, one AK-47 that's bent. <laughs> like, it's, like, pointing down at their <laughs> yep. shoes. And, yeah, it's, it's not, like, a particularly fun toy. And even when I was the age when, like this kind of toy would appeal to me like I didn't go for these like I went for you know what my weird thing was I would take the game pieces out of board games and I would play with those oh that is oh, yeah. those are okay. cool so like yeah the Monopoly pieces and I had this X-Men like, board game with all use the, ba- the cannon to like shoot at the battleship kinda yeah, yeah yeah that's what I would do I would just make up my own games with board game pieces <laughs> uh, this is when I was very young I was like 19 uh, so it wasn't that <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you no, know what but, I lied 
I lied. I did own a few army men that I purchased myself, oh. and they were all the same kind. Remember those, um, like gumball machines, but some of them had toys, right? In, okay, in little plastic like spheres. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were always the parachute army men. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. yeah! Mm-hmm. I would throw those off the balcony at my stairs. They like yeah, never yeah. worked. They never right? worked. Yeah, okay. They never, never worked. worked. I would just try to you know like I would climb to very dangerous places that my my mom hated <laughs> just so that I could throw these off. And, <laughs> and it would always that's never what they work. need to do. You know those horrible heart wrench like heart stopping videos of like people in Russia climbing to the top of yeah. like buildings and like filming themselves up there. They need to throw these parachute army men down. Yeah. <laughs> Just load them into a t-shirt cannon while you're yeah. up there and fire them out. I definitely hung one of those out of the bus window when I was a kid and definitely let it go into nature. So I apologize for the deer I killed. I'm sure I... <laughs> so, that was an asshole move. So yeah, like the game is sort of branded with that stuff, but it's not like officially army men no, licensed. No, it, that's like but, a public domain toy. Yeah. So I think that's why they gravitated towards it. But I mean, you know, so the first game, it, it might be a stretch to call it a classic even if professional regarders are saying so (laughs) but the sales were there i couldn't find exact numbers but the sales for the windows version sold well enough that 3do decided to base their entire kind of home console gaming strategy Mm -hmm. on this series uh and they produce a whole bunch of sequels and spin-offs and just endless i mean you could fill a whole bucket with all the games that (laughs) army men games that came out uh yeah 23 total over the next 12 years and which is just an insanely prolific number for any new ip oh my gosh it's so crazy Mm, that's two two a year so army men was followed up by army men 2 which was another rts army men 3d for the ps1 in 1999 would transition the series into a third person shooter which is a dynamic that would be continued with our first game that we're going to talk about today so let's get into that Army Men Sarge's Heroes uh, released September 28th, 1999. It was published and developed by the 3DO company, and it was also released on PlayStation, Dreamcast, and Windows. So, uh, yeah, we talked about the 3DO company on our last Battle Tanks episode. We went into quite a bit of detail, so if you're curious about that whole fascinating story, uh, tune into that episode. Uh, I was able to find a copy of the manual for this, and I did pull the entire story from Army Men Sarge's Heroes. I think it's... uh, I'm only going to read this first game, because they're all very long, and uh, it's kind of repeated. (laughs) These games get, like, much much in the same way that this seems to be a 3DO thing. Like, battle tanks, like, all you really needed was, like, there's some tanks, they're blowing each other up, like, go for it. Like, 3DO really goes above and beyond to add a layer of craziness and unnecessary complication to these game stories. Yes, yes. All right, so here's the plot according to the manual. A world exists that's different from our own. There, a battle rages out of control, a battle between good and evil, green and tan. The green and tan are tiny plastic armies. The evil tans outnumber the peace-loving greens 50 to 1. The green soldiers are fighting for their lives. General Plastro leads the rapacious tan army, a huge force bent on annihilating or enslaving all others. Plastro himself, a cruel military dictator, can watch his own men melt in battle without feeling the slightest pang of remorse. Through uh, through his secret operatives, Plastro has discovered portals that lead to an alternate world. This strange land holds weapons of awesome power that plastic soldiers have never seen before. If Plastro can seize and deploy these weapons, the green army will be melted into a sea of goo before they can aim their weapons. Uh, it looks pretty bleak for the Greens, except they have Sergeant Hawk trademark. <laughs> Sarge's style is battering ram. He's a one-man invasion army with a big grin, miles of heart, and big green eyes. <laughs> I don't know why the manual's suddenly in love with Sarge. <laughs> Sarge's battlefield ferocity is right up there with Attila the Hun. Okay, maybe we shouldn't be comparing him to a... a Attila, well known for his heart of gold and big green eyes, yeah. Attila the Hun. Big warm grin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarge leaves Bravo <laughs> Company. He and his five favorite soldiers make up the Bravo Company commandos. Sarge takes orders from Colonel Grimm, a respected old soldier who spent a lifetime holding back the tan menace. The greens and tans clash. Plaster launches a merciless preemptive strike that scatters the green forces and leaves many of them mortally melted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How, how do you how do you keep like I just imagine like there's this this ward right where all these melted so half melted soldiers are going how do in like these plastic nurses how do you unmelt a soldier right <laughs> yeah I mean I guess well there's a later game where they melt down a bunch of other soldiers and form it into a new soldier Ooh, which so that's very creepy I think you can do that. Um, so anyway, the, the Greens and Tans clash. Plaster launches a merciless preemptive strike that scatters the Green forces and leaves many of them mortally melted. The battle rages with murderous firefights, heroic rescues, and treachery. Sarge's five commandos are taken captive. 
Grimm's daughter Vicky, a war correspondent, is dragged into the action by a twist of fate. The Bravo boys are Sarge's best friends, and he has a soft spot for Vicky. This war is getting personal. <laughs> it's party time! Let's turn Plastro back into the goo he crawled out of. So, that's a lot to uh, uh, dig wow. into there. Uh, I had no the... idea that w- that existed. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Like, see, my <laughs> presumption with this series was always that it was kind of like a Lego movie thing. Like, this is mm. all kind of through the imagination of uh, a child playing with toys. And, like, uh-huh. we're seeing it like it's a life or death kind of battle, but we understand it's just toys and it's a child playing. Uh, but, no, that's not the case. They're... It's They're like a death for them in a different world. They're from a different dimension where army men are real and they're alive. But they're still made out of plastic. Yeah, I guess that's the important thing to mention here is portals. So a lot of the army men mythology, as it were, uh, revolves around portals, which kind of bridge the gap between our world and the world of the army men. So they'll often talk about plastification, which happens to the army men if they spend too much time in our world. Basically, it just means they turn into toys permanently. Mm, and they and can't, can't move. Most of General Plastro's schemes involve like going back and forth between portals of some But kind. it's such a weird, unnecessary thing. And it's not like you see any humans in this game. Yeah. Um, so it's just so bizarre that like they're, at least in this first game, that they're sort of warping between these worlds. Like, oh, yeah. I love this one little bit from the manual. It said that uh, uh, failure is not an option, but it is a possibility. <laughs> if Sarge goes MIA, melted in action, the operation must be reattempted. And then I got a really dark image of like, you know, the scene in Saving Private Ryan where uh, the the it's they're driving up to tell the mom that her sons are dead in in the war. I got that scene of like the army men doing, it, and they come up and say, "I'm sorry, your sons are MIA." She's yeah. like, "Oh, they're missing. Oh, oh, thank God. You, you, there's still hope. You can find." It's like, "Oh, oh, oh, sorry, we didn't tell you the new acronyms. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, no, they're melted." And then they like take out this watering can and like dump dump out the, the sun. <laughs> We've got a bucket of your oldest yeah. boy right here. Oh god. I also yeah. I, I also oh, like man. the implication that even though Plastro is planning to melt all of the green people it's not personal mm-hmm. until uh he kidnaps the girl that sarge has a crush on yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking my best gal oh golly gee um yeah so let's talk about these characters here so sarge of course is our hero uh and we've discussed grim and plastro the other members of the bravo company include riff who is sarge's best friend and he's the team's bazooka user uh hoover who is the nerdy guy with a minesweeper shrap who is a mortar user thick which i love that name thick is uh, uh the machine gunner and that describes his skull and not his dick uh, I don't know. Maybe Diaz it describes both. Uh, Scorch is a uh, sociopathic flamethrower operator who likes to burn people. Sure. Um, but I want to focus on Vicky for a second because this is a world of green and tan plastic men. But for some reason, Vicky has human skin, which you can see a lot of through her tank top and short shorts. Uh, and uh, her description in the manual might be the most sexist thing I've ever read in a video game. Okay, so here's how she's described in the character sheets. Vicky, Grimm's daughter, is an ace reporter and the plastic world's most beautiful army brat. She was raised by her widowed father. Vicky is the love of Sarge's life, but circumstances are about to drag her into the green tan war. She's ready, and if it weren't for her beautiful face and toned figure, you'd think she was one of the Bravo Company commandos. Wow. Let's just settle on that for a second. She's too pretty to be a soldier. <laughs> it, it's just so odd because it's like, you know, these are plastic toys right like why are you sexualizing the plastic toy and like, like really focusing on it and w- you pointed out Woody, that this is like the second 3do game that had kind of needless sexism thrown in well yeah i mean that is the major premise of battle tanks battle tanks it's, like uh, like the premise of battle tanks is that you are fighting for control of the last women on earth yeah. so there's literally a multiplayer mode where you race around a track collecting women I mean, at least it is, like, very built into that game, and sort of, they really go for it. Like, yeah. this, it seems so unnecessary. It's, it's just throwing it in. Like, oh, look at the little hotsy-totsy plastic thing. Uh, yeah, so, real gross, and they're going to double down on that later. But, um, all right, so, Sarge's Heroes, it's it changed the series from a top-down real-time strategy to a third-person shooter. So, you're playing as Sarge, and you're wandering through battlefields that are, like, eventually they start to resemble, like, household objects like, stacked uh, up. But okay. in this first level, you're kind of just in a military camp. Yeah. And it just doesn't look like they're really doing much with the process. 
uh, each stage to give you a set of parameters that you have to meet in order to succeed, but it's all very linear. Like, so you have multiple objectives, but you have to complete one before you complete the next, before you complete mm -hmm. the next, etc. So it's it's all kind of. And very, many of these objectives are the the horrible objective of this character must survive. Yes. And then you come across a tank, and then the tank shoots you, and your friend dies, and then like mission failed. So tell us about your experience a little with this game, Kevin. How did how did you come across it and sort of fight your way almost to the end? Uh, I I feel like I got not even halfway through the game. It was so okay. difficult. <laughs> uh, and you know, going back to how they uh, how they focused on an oversexualized Vicky, I was I was looking up the characters' um, photos right now, and everybody everybody in the Green Army is green, with the exception of Vicky. She has like human skin tone. Yeah, they they <laughs> make her, her like super is green. sexy, and it, like it doesn't make like. But like in other games, there are other female characters. Like, well, I don't know. In, in the manual, at least for the next game, there's a female character, and she's all green. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they just. I don't know. They had to spruce her up or something. I don't know. She was uh, the first. She was the first woman to be in Army Men. The the game is what uh, this site is saying. Oh and yeah, so maybe, I believe it. Maybe they were trying to. I don't know. Phase it in with a, with a human like I don't I don't know. Little something for the dads, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like I would this have game... loved a storyline where like a, someone from the human world and someone from the army men world uh, fell in love and and Vicky was the the love child. <laughs> oh <laughs> it kind of feels like, like a that, B movie yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like this game. Yeah, we talked about how this game is very difficult, and I feel like it's difficult for the wrong reasons. It's um, difficult because oh, yeah. the camera does not work, <laughs> and no, you don't no. get any kind of control of your camera at all. No. Uh, and it's not keeping up with you. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a major yeah. flaw. So, yeah, a lot uh, of times you're just kind of running around and then the camera will sort of slowly turn behind you. But a lot of the game is sort of built on you sort of shooting blindly. Mm, um, yep. You with with you know, the auto aim is pretty generous in this game. You can usually it has the same thing as Goldeneye where you can press R and sort of pull up a crosshair. But that's just way more effort than it's worth. It seems way easier to just kind of point generally at the tan men and like hammer on the fire button. Yeah. Uh, did you have some? Uh, what I Sorry. what I noticed is that uh, anytime you would try to aim anything, you know, you'd you'd whip your your joystick to the right, and there was always this lag yeah. where it would slowly get faster. So as soon as you got to your target, you would you would always overshoot the the crosshairs. Interesting. And you, and you had to be still. You 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 had to stop moving and then try to aim. Uh, and so what ended up happening for me is similar similar to your uh, your stealth games where you just have to hide and get something with with good range. You just right. end up sniping everybody. Oh, okay. To to get through a level, every once in a while you you encounter a bunch and the auto aim helps. But I ha I would have to memorize paths, and for however old I, I mean I was I don't know ten. I, mm -hmm. I just didn't have the patience for that. I was like, wait, okay, no, no, no. I have to go to the left bunker and wait for this guy to come. And it it, it just sucked all the fun out of <laughs> the game. Right, because right. there's no real mechanic of being able to sort of hide or dodge bullets all that well. Like, if the enemy can see you you know you can see them and so like mm -hmm. you just generally have to shoot them first and so like you said yeah you got to memorize the path of knowing where they're going to come out mm -hmm. so you, as soon as they step out the door you just blast them yeah mm -hmm. and, and there's also a just, lot of times like they'll, they'll you'll find a tan soldier like you'll and they'll wait they're just going to stand there they're not shooting at you they're just waiting because they know you need a few minutes to get into position yeah. and <laughs> then you can fire at them <laughs> but i mean i guess like Technically, I suppose you could snap the camera around by going into the first-person mode, but that doesn't seem to work very well either. And this game also no. has weird kind of Resident Evil-style controls. Like, it's Almost. when your character, you know, so you're always sort of moving relative to the camera, and when you press back, your character will sort of walk backwards. They won't turn yep. around unless yep. you hold back, and then they'll kind of turn around quickly. Um 
but so a lot of the time when you're running around you sort of have to take this sort of u-turn method yeah um which is just it just feels very awkward and slow and yeah the game the game does not feel good to play no no and it's kind of hard to put it into words too because like it kind of basically work like the gunplay basically works like the the first person mode basically works it's just there's no controlling the camera at all and you just have no real control over what you're seeing on the play field yeah. and that's uh that's really detrimental especially because so many guys are hiding behind things like waiting it, to take you out it feel i mean there's a very generous map that basically shows you the locations of all the guys but it's kind of hard to use in its own way because it doesn't show you what orientation they're going to be in with the camera still sucks so you're like oh i know there's a guy right behind me yeah. but i can't turn around to see him um, yeah, I think this game also has a really, really boring suite of weapons. This game is just like, really, really boring on all fronts. Like, like, yeah, I think the novelty here is that, like, oh, these are like, yes, these are the same weapons you see in every game, but they're green now. Like, and it's no real difference. So you get like machine gun, shotgun, flamethrower, grenade launcher, bazooka. Yeah, That's, and it's the, the same the, thing you get in every game. Like the graphics mm-hmm. here are just again like they technically work in the sense that you can kind of see what's going on but it's just brown and on it you got solid green men on solid brown backgrounds yeah it's not interesting and sometimes the music seems to cut out totally right and the game just feels very tepid and lifeless yeah my my game was very glitchy uh yes it it, it, it is is a glitchy game yep the uh, we were playing cuts were a, we always were... awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, and I didn't for some reason like in Goldeneye. I I didn't realize that there was no dialogue happening. I was very immersed in the game, but in this game, I it felt awkward all the time because every once in a while, they would say something like. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. When they picked up yeah. something, but otherwise it was just awkward all the time. Even when they encountered, it was like a dramatic scene when you you, you encounter somebody, uh, and then you just have to start reading a lot of little text uh, that you don't well, have time to read as it flips through the the different scenes. I remember specifically one thing Sarge says. He he says party time, but he tries to add it like four <laughs> more syllables. Party time. Party time. Party time. <laughs> It, yeah. it was a lot. Uh, there is a multiplayer mode in this game. It's kind of a standard deathmatch. Uh, very uninspired, I yeah. thought. Yeah, I mean, the problem is you're still playing this game that doesn't control well. Did you ever Did you ever pull your friends over, Kevin, and we're like, well, I guess we got to play is, Army this Man. Is, this is where I became a fan, actually. Oh, okay. Because the, the playing field became level and, and plastic, everybody was struggling with the same thing. That's a good and, point. Oh. Yeah. And half the time, we're just yelling at our own character because it won't, you know, it won't move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what ended up happening is, and you can hear, and everyone's on the same screen, you know, you're not, you're not right. over a, a land network. Everyone can see each other. Right. Uh, so when someone gets the flamethrower or, or just some ridiculous weapon, you hear them grab it because their character will say whatever they say. And then, you know, you're just running away from them because... Like okay, if someone has a flamethrower, overpowered. There's, you, they, you, there's nothing you can do if you, 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 anytime you get anywhere near them, with the exception of of grabbing the sniper. So it just ended up becoming a race to try and get to the weapon that that you're good at. But if you have a bazooka sense. or a flamethrower, uh, you're just really upset at that friend who always memorizes where it is on the. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I found that I was succeeding just by aiming my triangle on the map in the general direction of Woody's triangle and pressing the fire button. And it seemed like I was going to hit you, like, no matter where I was. Auto-aim is generous enough. Like, it's just like, all right, you're close enough. Yeah, so that was where most of my success... It didn't feel like there was a lot of strategy to it. I mean, there's definitely a fascination in, like, a rule. I think no matter what... Well, no, any four-player game that you had to end for the N64, if you got four, three of your friends over and played it, you were probably going to have a good time. Yeah. Whether yeah, it was this exactly. or Conker's Bad Fur Day or Star Fox, games that are, like, somewhat tough to go back to a multiplayer now. Just, like, the novelty of, like, having four guys all at once and, like, blasting each other was always pretty fun. And, I mean, you put yep. it well, Kevin. It's it's everyone is struggling together. Yeah. They're all figuring out the controls <laughs> together and, like, goofing up on the same things together. Like, nobody's... Nobody picks up this game and is, like, good at it. I was trying to run up in the multiplayer. 
I was trying to run up a hill that was about two pixels taller than my character, and I was holding forward, and she was just sort of continually getting pushed back on the hill. And like, I couldn't make it up this sort of, yeah, this tiny, tiny little incline. Yeah. Well, I think that's about... It's a really pretty minimal game. It's yeah, there's not one much. One player, this one multiplayer mode uh, that you can set on like a couple different, like three, five, three kills, five kills, ten kills. But that's kind of it. Yeah, there's no, you know, for all the depth that was in like uh, the battle tanks multiplayer, there's none of these other modes here. No, no, this this feels a little tossed off. It feels a little. Uh, like quick like striking while the iron is hot let's produce some army men games and uh, i don't think they put a whole lot of work into this one do you have any more that you want to talk about for army men sarge's heroes kevin uh you know what as a kid i really enjoyed anytime they were in the human world and you saw like it was usually kids sort of or like old school kids toys Uh like there were those big big alphabet blocks like in a playground or you're in a bathtub and there's like a rubber ducky. I think just maneuvering through that, especially in multiplayer mode, I thought was just kooky and fun. Fun enough for me to to keep playing, but yeah, and I think quickly ch- got over it. <laughs> I think you're totally right about that. I think that the heart of I think the good thing about these series is when they sort of lean into the fact that they're the, these tiny people in the you know the bigger world. Um, mm-hmm. And once we talk about Sarge's Heroes 2, I think that they realized that that is sort of the appeal, and they made that more immediately accessible at the beginning. Because mm. this game, this first Sarge's Heroes, doesn't put that right at the start. Like, you're just in these generic levels mm-hmm. at the start, and sort of that good stuff comes later. So. Yeah. Uh, do, should we talk about? I feel like we should talk about Sarge's Heroes two now. You want to skip it? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, so we it, might as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's basically the same. It, this game has a tremendous, tremendous improvement over Sarge's Heroes one. But I mean, yeah. Well, let's get yeah. into that. So yeah, we're we're skipping around. Normally we go in chronological order, but we'll we'll shelve uh, air combat for a moment. Army Men Sarge's Heroes two was released September twenty six two thousand. Also published and developed by three DO, and this one also appeared on Game Boy Color, PlayStation, and PlayStation two. Yes, we're into the new era. Uh, so we have another lengthy story, but these are the kind of the highlights here. Um, so, taking place directly after the end of the first game, Sarge's Heroes 2 finds the Greens celebrating their victory over the Tan Army. Uh, Field Marshal Tannenberg has taken control of the Tan Army, and he's gone into hiding. Uh, if Tannenberg can be captured, then the war could conceivably end. Plastro, meanwhile, has been trapped on the other side of the portal in the human toy story, and he's believed to have been plastified or turned into a toy. Uh, however, a member of the Blue Army, yeah, there's there's other colors now, there's a blue and gray, uh, named Brigitte Blue, or sorry, Brigitte Blue, has uh, acquired a special formula developed by the Gray Army to reverse the effect of plastification. And uh, that give that would give Plastro access to all of the tan <laughs> soldiers in the toy store, which would effectively uh, shore up their resources. Um, so now Sarge and Bravo Company just need to stop Brigitte Blue before she can execute her plan. Um, so... Otherwise, like, there's not a whole lot of difference in gameplay style right. here. Still a third-person shooter, still uh, mission-based uh, and going like that. Um, the controls have been retooled a little bit. Rather mm-hmm. than using the trigger to shoot, you press the A button in this game, and the trigger is a strafe. That's a mistake. Uh, it's a yeah. mistake. A, tr- a trigger should always be shoot. Yeah, yeah always. It just uh, makes sense. But, like, there's so many improvements here, and I think the main one is the way this game looks. It looks so much better than... Uh, the first Sarge's Heroes, like the characters are all bigger, uh, much more detailed, and the world is just looks sharper and way more colorful. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you really need for this is sort of a sort of bright, colorful palette. Yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. it looks much better, and it's uh, they're playing with their concept a little more. So your first mm-hmm. level is like you're on a kitchen counter. You know, yeah. and like there, there's dinner plates and things like that. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of. And where then you the have to go in through. Be. Yeah, then you go back to the portal to the army man world. So you're sort of warping back and forth more often. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where it should be. But uh, it, it is. It is an improvement. I'll say. Like it is an improvement. I, I'm still not terribly compelled by the gameplay here, and I yeah. still wish I had some kind of control over the camera. The camera whips around like crazy. Like, you notice if you there's get into a crouch position or, like, crawl no, on your belly. Weird, the top C button in this game, it was so hard to turn around in the first Sarge's Heroes. So the, the way they remedy that is they put top C, which just instantly flips the camera behind 
to the orientation behind you. Yeah. And it's like so instantaneous. It kind of makes you sick if I... I like a big jerk was pressing it rapidly. Sure, as I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, they double down on the sexism now because there are two female characters here, so we got to cover uh. her. Uh, they they go back to uh, describing Vicky as the world's most beautiful army brat, uh, and Brigitte here is described as a uh, as having enough beauty to melt plastic men with her looks alone. Wow. Uh, she looks kind of weird. Like they make her look like she's weirdly like had a lot of plastic surgery. Which <laughs> I'm wondering if that's the joke, but like she's got these very extreme kind of plasticized features that that just I feel like that's a I feel like that's an in joke right there that they didn't really explore. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, so she's just kind of the heavy is in the this blue one. Army is from the Blue Army. You said right. Yeah, she's from the Blue I'm, Army. I'm, she uh, and again, to be she, a French a French joke like I, a play on. I think yeah, Blue. Okay. Yeah, her last name is B L E U. So yeah, uh, and uh, she's another human skinned woman. Uh, so she she looks like a sexy human woman, but she's a toy. Right. So yeah, um, some people you have to pay big money to get. Uh, Toys that look like sexy human women, Steve. It's true. They are not no, cheap. It's true. It's a whole market. Yeah. I know. I know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> My God, do I know? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's multiplayer returns here. Uh, the multiplayer was a little bit more fun. We roped yeah. Nicole uh, into playing it with us uh, to, to kind of try it out with more than two players. <laughs> And Nicole, yeah, it's funny. She she comes home and we're like, "Hey, Nicole, come play this horrible game with us." <laughs> yeah, and then she's yeah. like, "How do we play?" And you're like, "Oh, you just you'll figure it really. out." <laughs> and and none of us ever did. Yeah. But uh, this one lets you kind of jump up and climb on platforms now, so it's not just like a flat plane with like little hills or something. Like it's there's a little more strategy to it. You can run platforming and and, and the the envir- the multiplayer environment is much more interesting. You can play in the fridge yeah. on a computer desk. Yeah. Um so that that's more fun too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a little improvements but it's still just not a very fun game to play. It's just not a very, it doesn't control well. Like you're fighting it. You're fighting the yeah. camera, you're fighting the game the entire time like trying to make it fun. It's like you're really I think there's enough here that makes you want it to be fun, you know? You, you I, I don't want to brush this off. I'm like, all right, I feel like this is a significant improvement over the last one. I feel like they're trying a little more, but it's still just not a fun concept or not a fun game. Yeah, know. no, you're. You, you, I think after playing this, I was a little more excited about it than you were. Yeah. Um, but after listening to you, I do. You are right. It, I guess I was just excited about how big of an improvement it was from the first one. No, it's but true. just because your game isn't total garbage isn't like quite a selling point. You're right. Um, but there's no, there's no question like. It renders the first one pretty obsolete. Oh, wow. sure. I mean, yeah. unless you're in it for the rich, dense mythology. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think you need that to uh, understand the relationship. But then the thing is, every third-person shooter since this game has rendered Sarge's Heroes 2 obsolete. Pretty so much. it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not a whole lot else to say about 2 because it is... Yeah, I mean, I, it, the same it is significantly game. improved, but anything that we said about the first one still generally applies. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel bad kind of short-shrifting it a little bit, but it, there's just not much to say that hasn't been said about the first game already. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, you know, if you have a hard hankering and you really want to play one of these Sarge's Heroes games, too, is the way to oh, go. Oh, no question. Absolutely, go for it. So but. go back in time, Kevin. And get yourself this game as opposed well, to the you know, first Sarge's Heroes. Well, you know, I was, uh, I was, I was busting out my sixty-four, you know, in, pre- in preparation for this, thinking yeah. I would, you know, have so much more to say, and I just couldn't get it to work. I, ju- I oh. tried all the, I tried all the tricks. <laughs> oh, you mean like your cart, your cartridge didn't work? Or? Yeah, yeah. Or, no. or the six, yeah. We've been lucky so far. We haven't encountered any broken games yet in the entire show. And I think, you know, that, that's that, this one was a concern, though, because uh, my, my Sarge's Heroes 1 is covered with Blockbuster stickers, too. So. As well it should be. What, yeah. what is more 90s than a copy of Sarge's Heroes 1 covered in Blockbuster oh, yeah. stickers? And they're like, um. anyone who's ever tried to collect games or, like, bought games with these stickers on them, they are impossible to remove. You try to pull it and you pull the whole label. label. Exactly. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's yeah. an anti-theft thing, but it sucked. Um, I'm looking at videos right now for Sarge's Heroes 2, and I just remembered one of the reasons I didn't finish the campaign in 1 was I'd keep getting a headache. Oh, really? Something about the graphics was just not doing it for me, and I would, after about an hour, I would just, like, I can't play anymore. But this too, so for everyone listening out there, definitely get get Sarge's Heroes (laughs) 2. It looks a lot smoother. Yeah, there's something about the combination of 
in N64 games of the very rough pixels in a lot of the graphics and the bad camera oh, yeah. that can really cause headaches in a way few other systems can. It's true. Like when you, yeah, when you get, when you get like, there's a Beast Wars syndrome, oh, as, we, yeah. as it's known now. Exactly. Tran, the case of the trans metals. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Is, yeah, camera that whips around and very blocky graphics. For reference, Kevin, we played the game Transformers Beast Wars Trans Metals like more than a year ago. Yeah. And uh, that's, it was what a, it's, it was, that's what it's called? That's <laughs> yeah. the full title Transformers Beast Wars Trans Metals. It's a very complicated title. Wow. It's a fighting game starring the Transformers, but. The camera's constantly whipping around your two characters, so like it's not a 3D fighting game, but they're trying to make it look like one by the camera constantly whipping around. We had to stop after 20 minutes because we were getting sick, like physically sick the looking at that game. Beast Wars Transformers. Yes. Transmetals. The trans- oh, Transformers trans-metal. Beast Wars Transmetal. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Wow. Oh, man. I love it. I can't wait for the day where I never have to say that title again. I feel like we've <laughs> come up so much. It's, it's, such a ref- it's such a touch point, though. Yeah. Like, I have to refer to, like, the, the game phases. that made us sick. When we, when we look back at this podcast, I feel it would be divided into phases. I feel like our first maybe, like, 30 episodes were, like, the Mace the Dark Age episodes. Oh, yes. And then it, now, now we're in the they Beast Wars. the Dark Wars. Ages, literally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now we're in the Transmetals time. Yeah. And I don't know why. Uh-huh. I don't know what We'll be next. We'll, we'll be in the tonic trouble epoch yeah. after yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about our last game here today. This is Army Men Air Combat. This one was released November 20th, 2000. It was published and developed by the 3DO company, and it also appeared on PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and Windows. So, confusingly, this game has two different titles. It's called Army Men Air Attack on the PlayStation and Game Boy. It's called Air Combat on the N64. And then there's oh. another game called Army Men Air Tactics on the PC that is a different game, but it uses the exact same cover art oh my as gosh. this game. That's horrible. So, yeah, fuck that. That's annoying. I wonder how many people were like, oh, this is a different game. And then they realized they got their N64 and PS1 version and realized they were the same. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, plot of this game, uh, again, very long and complicated. And the plot in, this, uh, in the manual for this one was just formatted as a dialogue exchange okay. between soldiers. So I didn't want to do that. But... Uh, I'll sum it up here. Your main character is Captain William Blade, who is an ace helicopter pilot for the Green Army, and he's the head of the Alpha Wolf Squadron, which I want a patch of that right now. I want to put that on my my jacket. Uh, The Green Generals sent some scouts into uh, Tan territory for recon, but they haven't returned, so the brass is now worried that the soldiers are, quote-unquote, being held over a candle as we speak. (laughs) Clever. Uh, So they deploy Alpha Wolf Squadron to fly into the enemy territory and rescue the scouts. We also learned that Blade's father was also a celebrated pilot who was shot down over enemy territory and never seen again. Could he possibly be alive? Yeah, he could, probably. I'm sure he's alive. Um, The characters in this game, the game lets you... uh, So you're playing as William Blade flying around, um, and I guess we should say this is a helicopter combat Yeah, did you... Have you guys ever played the games uh, like Desert Strike or Jungle Strike? I would say I've played the... Nuclear Strike, which yeah, is uh, a was... game on the N64 that we'll get to. But oh, okay. It's Did... it's a weird kind of hybrid helicopter game because it's not really a flight simulator. No, it's definitely not. You're not going you're not going up or down. You're at a fixed place in the sky. It's like sky. an isometric view. Right. Um, so you're looking down from above. and Mountains obstruct you <laughs> in this flying game. Uh, um, but it's more of sort of a mission-based thing, and you're sort of always sort of... View. Yeah, it's a weird thing because yeah, it's not a flight sim. It's not quite a sh- shoot 'em up, um, but it's it's closer to like an arcade shooter than it is that. But it's, it's mission based. Yeah, it's yeah. very mission based. So and definitely, Nuclear Strike is the closest, uh, or, or, or Gen- Desert Strike, Gen- yeah. Strike. That's the closest analog for sure. Um, so the game lets you kind of pick a co-pilot to take along with you for each mission, which is it's kind of a cool feature. And they don't have that in the co-op, but uh, it is kind of a cool feature because it lets you. Each character has their own weapons and their own strengths and weaknesses. So Hardcore, aka John Lawless, is a cocky gunner who prefers using homing rockets. Uh, there's a guy named Dave Parker, aka Rawhide, who's a cowboy that prefers using manual <laughs> rockets. Uh, <laughs> I love this one. James Marshall has the ironic nickname of Woodstock, but the manual assures us that peace and love are not his bag. <laughs> He's actually a heavily traumatized <laughs> combat veteran who is a madman with an M60 machine gun. So wow. I think they called him that because he's psychotically violent. Uh, and finally, the sole woman in the crew is Bombshell, uh, a.k.a. Felicity Wanamaker, uh, and she uses napalm. Uh, but unlike Vicky, Bombshell actually has green plastic skin. But uh, but like Vicky, she's also uh, defined by her romantic attachment to the main character. So she's, sure. she's William Blade's girlfriend. Uh. Um, and uh, according to the manual, they should not have thrown out the mold when they made this plastic woman. 
So I guess they throw the molds out? <laughs> they make them once and wait. I feel like they're really limiting their resources, right? They can wait. just keep the molds and just keep making more soldiers. Uh, right, and I have another question. Mm. Are they making soldiers? I thought that they were like or are they referring to like the god of the army men dimension. No, who I just think had... I think they're making it. Okay, but who's the, so? So there's a, there's a game that comes later in the series called Army Men Green Rogue, okay. which was kind of their attempt at more of a uh, a gritty uh, reboot sort of thing, and the premise of that is that Sarge and the five members of Bravo Company are captured, put into tubes, melted down into one new soldier called the Green Rogue who has all of their strengths and none of their like moral quandaries about doing like black ops stuff. Whoa. Uh, and then I think the, the goal was after he completes his mission, they were going to melt him down again and put him back into the other soldiers. So it's something they can do. So it seems like they just need to tap into a big resource of plastic and then they can just keep remaking the soldiers? I think these games suffer from, I mean, uh, the, the vision of a lot of these army games and like the premise is pretty stupid, yeah. but I feel like these games suffer from not having the resources to really match their vision. Um, right. Because like I would want to see, as weird as that sounds, I would kind of want, if I'm going to see all that craziness, I want it with, like, full voice acting and Sure. Stuff. Like, I would be really curious what an Army Men game would look like on the PS4. Well, and like, I'm, I'm, I wonder mm-hmm. if even the PS1 version had voice acting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could see that happening, because that, that gets that tends to be the first thing that gets but cut I, when they port something. I, I, I would just want to look at, like, a very, like, sort of big, polished, like, high-budget Army Men game, because I mean, it would, would be, be such... Call of Duty, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, 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 if, no, but I mean, too. like, says, uh, like the level of commitment to this crazy story, right, and them, yeah, like, no. melting things down, and going to the lab and having these weird experiments and things like that, because it seems like a lot of the issue is 3DO couldn't really commit to what they wanted the tone of Army Men to be. Here's what I would like to see. You could have, like, a guy, like, Sarge charges in with a flamethrower, melts down a tan soldier, then a large human hand drops out of the sky with some food coloring, drops it on the goo, (laughs) and then you reform it, and now it's one of your soldiers, and you can command it like a squad. Okay. I want to see that. I want to see some weird Monty Python visuals, and I want them to really lean into how dumb this idea is. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is hard, is they don't quite... It's not clear, like, how... The story seems really goofy, but a lot of the time you don't get that goofiness in the game itself. Yeah. And I, and I want that more of the of, story. That's what I yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're going to... I mean, you're going to hook me like this with your sexy plastic women. <laughs> and your <laughs> portals to other dimensions. You got me in the door. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it sounds... Okay, so it sounds like we're being a little derisive of this. I actually really enjoyed playing this game. Yes. Uh, this one is really fun, and that one took okay. me by surprise. So, uh, it's also one of the rare N64 games that has a co-op mode, a co-op single a co-op player, campaign. A co-op campaign. Yeah. Uh, which we were playing, and uh, it's it's just... It's very fast-paced. Uh, it, you can strafe very easily with mm-hmm. your uh, left and right C buttons. You can fire with Z as you should. Fire yep. your missiles with A as you should. And then your B button drops a winch, which you can uh, drag below you and pick up crates and pick up survivors. Thank God you do not need to be precise with this. No. It's just kind of like a big, long yellow string. It just string sort of dangles out there. It whips around. It'll catch something, and then you just suck it back up. And it's it's uh, it's no fuss, no muss. It's easy to use, and it makes sense. And it allowed for some cool shit. Like I was playing uh, one of the levels where... I picked up a bag of lawn fertilizer with my winch. I hovered over a tank. I dropped it, and it blew up the tank. Like, yeah, that's really cool. That's a fun idea. It's a fun way of playing with physics, and it's a fun way of exploring the premise of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted more of that throughout the whole rest of the series. Like yeah. th- That would be great. Um, yeah, it, it felt like... It just felt kind of like arcadey and fast-paced uh, shooting, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the co- the copters are not hard to control at all. Um, they they move very fast, and you know they very much disobey the laws of physics. Like they just can turn other directions instantly. Yeah. Um, and some of the levels are a little annoying um, if they're sort of vertically oriented, like. We played in the multiplayer this sort of weird sandcastle level that's yeah. like the sandcastle maze, and it's really hard to tell what height of sandcastle will block you and what you can just sort of naturally fly over. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all very unclear because uh, yeah, you have no. There's no way to change your elevation in this game. 
Uh, let's talk about the multiplayer yeah. in this because it's really weird. Uh, there's, uh, it's the multiplayer yeah. mode is just called Officers Club. Remember how we talked about in Sarge's Heroes how underdeveloped the multiplayer was? Right. This game, this multiplayer is super overdeveloped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they come up with some. I mean, some of these ideas are really weird, and like I could see this being fun if they explained it a little better. So we'll start. We'll start with the weirdest one that we played. This is a race for food. Yeah, the mode's called Food Fight, uh, named <laughs> after the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. And your goal here is to collect a cupcake, a ham-like can. Yes, a which ham-like can. We're assuming, I think your theory was right, that they wanted to reference a spam can, but yeah. they did not have the license for spam. Right. Spam, weirdly, not in the public domain, but Army Men is. I'm told uh, I have a ham-like can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a chicken leg and a cherry and an mm-hmm. apple. And you're like, what are these combinations of food? Yeah, what is this meal? And so, but you have to get them in a specific order. And then your own color portal will appear so you can drop them in there with the winch. Mm-hmm. And then once you've collected all the food types, a donut appears uh-huh. on the middle. And then if you pick up that donut and drop it in your portal, you win. Why are you and, having a cupcake and a donut? Like, and, that's too much dessert. And why why does a ham-like can and a chicken leg and a cupcake lead to the appearance of a donut? No, like, that part makes sense Oh, okay. Me. I See, mean, it's, it's like the old uh, song. It's like a ham-like can leads to a chicken leg. Chicken leg leads to a random cherry. Cherry leads to a donut. What are you singing donut. right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is how we felt playing the game. There was just like, what is going on with this? It's madness. Yeah, yeah it makes no sense. But it, it was getting kind of fun after a while because like, we were all just yelling at each other trying to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. Like, wait, who's got a donut? Like, what? what is happening? And, and most of the modes are not quite that insane. In the slightly more reasonable mode, you have to rescue scientists who are running from a bunch of mutated bugs yeah. <laughs> oh wow that one's fun that one was fun i liked that so, yeah it's, it, again it's like little uh, they don't look like army men either they look like little human men wearing uh, uh white white lab, white coats. lab coats and uh they're they're running through a maze <laughs> and hermit crabs keep trying to eat them like hermit crabs and bugs depending on the level you're doing and you just need to sweep in there with your winch and scoop them up and the first one to ten wins yeah uh that was ridiculous. <laughs> There's also one where you have to collect flags and drop them in your portal. And to do this, you have to shoot little upside down, like, uh, plastic cu- Dixie yeah. cups. Yeah, like Dixie cups, And you yeah. destroy the cup, and then there might be a flag under there, which then you pick up. But sometimes there's a UFO oh, under there, and the UFOs are brutal. And then you, once you finally destroy the UFO, then it'll drop a flag. It's just there's so much weird stuff going here yeah. on here. There's like no Man, unification in any of these themes. I would actually um, recommend yeah. tracking this down, Kevin. This is this is uh, yeah. this is weird and fun, and it's like it's clearly they had like too many cooks in the kitchen here. Like they, as, everybody's as you're throwing describing their idea this, in. I think I might have played this. I, oh. I definitely didn't own it, but as you're describing it, I'm getting images. Um, I think I might have gone to Toys R Us a bunch, like during the summer, uh, and, okay. it, and it was it was the display uh, game that oh. they were pushing. So I think I think I might have played uh, through some of it, and and pl- probably played with some random kids the <laughs> the multiplayer. Yeah, because uh, I do remember it being just like the same. Yeah, I'm in the same world. You're like you're a green chopper, and you have unlimited. Like regular, right? You have unlimited um, bullets, but finite yeah, missiles. Exactly. I remember that being huge and just being able to fly quickly. The game, yeah, yes. the pace of the game was much quicker. It's all coming back to me now, guys. It's it's weird <laughs> that there isn't like a death match. Yeah, mode there's literally this. no mode where the goal is to destroy the like opponent. Each other, yeah. Which is which mm-hmm. is odd because the mechanics here work so much better than Sarge's Heroes. Like, yeah. like this would accommodate a much more fun deathmatch mode, I think. And I, I mean, I do think mm-hmm. the modes that they have, aside from the crazy donut mode, are m- probably more fun than a deathmatch. Yeah. But it's weird that the deathmatch isn't even a choice. I wasn't crazy about the bug hunt. Did we mention the bug hunt? Uh, mode? No, I don't okay. think so. Yeah, there's a bug hunt mode where you have to be the first person to assassinate like a hundred bugs. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to see where the bugs are coming from, yeah. uh, and it just gets a little jumbled. Like, yeah, because some of the yeah, I don't know, some of the bugs just blend into the background. <laughs> All these modes have a, a radar in them, um, which works <laughs> generally okay. But when you start playing with three or four players, and only get a quarter of the screen. The radar is 
almost your entire screen. You yeah. cannot see anything with that with the overlay <laughs> on it, which is kind of funny too. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's 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 a blast. Like, I, I was uh, really having a good time with this game. Like, it's not even something... I mean, I wouldn't call it a bad game either. I wouldn't say it's like a like a good bad no. game. It's just kind of like... It's just very silly. It's low-key. It's extremely silly. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. And, uh, and it's got a two-player co-op. It's got two-player co-op, yeah. No, I, I think uh, Air Combat has been quite uh, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I never thought in a million years I would like this game. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um... <laughs> I think we, we're about at rankings, right? Yeah, I think, I think we're so. About there. Um, so each week we uh, we rank the games that we just talked about and add them to our ongoing list. Uh, so this week we are adding three games to the total. Uh, and Kevin, you you have you have just the the one game that you have played on here. So uh, you're 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 locked in with Sarge's Heroes as your favorite <laughs> game of all time. Uh, I think you should update your social media with that tagline. I think it's important that people know. <laughs> Do you remember what game that you got after Sarge's Heroes that finally like excised it from your console, and you're like, oh, finally I get to play something else? Or oh gosh, um, what you know what? I have to say. This game always popped up. I always liked bringing it out when I ha would have friends over mm -hmm. because it was so... Like, we all were just upset. At <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was funny that, yeah. you know, it was a game that nobody ever heard of. And when they came over, we were just... Nobody was good at it. Yeah. yeah I, I, there's always like, yeah, let's, you know, let's play the game that I'm really good at that you've never played. And I would just, you know, wipe the floor. And that was fun the first couple times, but this was just great because everybody was bad, and we would just be yelling at how frustrated we yeah, were. Yeah, that, that's a good observation. So it was that always is... it was always in the rotation. You know, it was like this. It was uh, I think this Star Fox, GoldenEye, uh, Mario Kart, your your classics, and then this one was always the the weird one. I'd always start off with 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 Army Men. Just okay. so that everyone gets frustrated, and then we move on to something that that people were more familiar with. <laughs> the people who stayed, the people who endured that, get exactly. to play Goldeneye. It was my opener. Yeah. It was my opening yeah. act. Every <laughs> it's, how you, it's how you weed out the noobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, what do you want? We start with you. Where are you putting uh, these? I, I, I want you to go first, Steve, okay. on this because right. you you might have persuaded me on some of these. Okay, so. fair enough. Um, well, I think it comes to no surprise that Air Combat is the one I like the best. Uh, I'm going to be putting that at number 48. So that's right underneath Mortal Kombat. Combat trilogy, right above uh, NHL Breakaway '98. No, this was a, a welcome surprise. Like, uh, I would, I would play this again. I think this was a real treat. Um, uh, for Sarge's Heroes One and Two, like I, I altered my thing a little bit here too okay. because I, I, I had them very close together. Yeah. And then I spread them out a little bit because I think it convinced me that two is quite a bit better than one. Uh, I'm putting two at number 122, so that's right above Nightmare Creatures. Okay. And uh, one is going a little below that, uh, number 136, that's underneath Xena, Warrior Princess, Talisman of Fate. I would rather play that one than Armament Sergeant Heroes Okay, one. yeah. Um, okay, I... I agree with you on the order of things. The first Army Men game is definitely the worst. Um, I'm putting it at <laughs> one, on 138, um, which is right under Fighting Force 64. Nice. Um, Army Men 2 is a significant improvement. I had it at number 63. Oh, that's But great. that seems way too high. Yeah. So, Steve, what's number 100 on our list? Uh, number 100. Let me scroll through that. On number, my list, I number guess. Number 100 on your list is uh, the new Tetris. Okay, put it behind the new Tetris. Below the new Tetris. So yeah, number yeah. 101 is Army Men 2. I think that's um, about sorry, right. I'm sorry, just heroes. I think that's about right. Because, yeah, it's a huge improvement over the first one, but I think you're right. It's still a fairly routine, not terribly exciting game. Um, and Air Combat was a significant step up. Um, just Because it, it does something that there's not a lot of on the N64. No, no. Um, and so that sort of gives it life in its own. So I'm putting that at number uh, 63. Which is right under Pilot Wings. Perfect. Um, and ab above the Madden game. Okay. All right. That uh. makes sense. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that tracks here. Uh, well, if you'll uh, indulge me for one moment, we do have one fairly long letter. Ooh, but exciting. I thought it was interesting. It's yeah. one of my favorite kinds of letters because it's giving us some perspective on gaming outside of the U.S. So Thanks. I love that. Hey guys, I'm in Germany. Have you played DOS Army Man games? That was my German accent. That, you, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Oh god, oh, I'm checking our stats. We've lost Germany. No, no. lost it. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, let us start. Uh, hello, everyone, long-time listener. I just listened to the episode with the listener from Taiwan and wanted to share my N64 experience. I grew up oh, in Australia. To, mm. to, so someone from Taiwan wrote in, and yeah, and yes. we asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't they have a guest in. from Taiwan. Oh, if anyone right. from oh, yeah. Taiwan wants to be Oh, a they guest. said with the listener from Taiwan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I grew up in Australia where we got N64 games pretty easily. From some research, there were a few Australian-only games, like the version of Beetle Adventure Racing, but instead of VW Beetles, it's a car more popular in Australia. Mm. I didn't know that. Uh, around age 13, my entire family moved to Oman, because my dad's in oil, and we went from okay. a pretty happy Australian life to a less relaxed one. We were bused to and from school and not allowed out of our concrete-walled compound. Wow. Kind of sounds like how Lindsay grew up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we played a lot of basketball in Nintendo 64 for a couple years before we moved back. We couldn't get games out there, and it's before internet shopping, so we'd have to hope that people who came to visit or our parents coming back would get the right ones for us. Mostly it was cool. It's where we played Goemon 2 and Majora's Mask, for example. Those are cool. Usually getting games in wasn't a problem, except one time when my sister wanted the Xena game. <laughs> As it came to the country, the game was looked over by Omani Customs. They decided that the image on the front cover was immodest, because she's walking around carrying a sword, and used a thick black marker to draw modest pants on her legs <laughs> on both the cover and the actual game. Nice. They did the same for the some CDs and the front of a Ridge Racer game and made us pay a fine, which was suspiciously similar to the amount they also asked for us uh, for as a bribe. It's kind of baffling now, but at the time we found it kind of funny, just imagining some righteous guy with his marker pen making art more appropriate. Anyway, It's I still was... funny. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's... funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was glad to get back home a few years later, especially when it turns out that we lived next door to a Japanese school and played lots of Jap Japan-only games with a few kids. I was in a sports team with. I still have fond memories of 64 Sumo. I'm not familiar with that one. Hmm. And some other ones like that. I have a lot of fond memories of the N64 in general, and I want to thank you for adding to them. Good on all of you. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so now for the obligatory questions. Of the games that you play, haven't played for the podcast so far, which ones are you most looking forward to? If that's been done, what's a non-USA-specific game that, look, that looks most interesting to you? I know you've mentioned Sin and Punishment already, so along those lines. Keep up the good work. Apologies for the long message. And please, please don't try to do an Australian accent on the show. Actually, you might as well. And that's all the best. And that's from Booney in Adelaide. So thank you so oh. much for that long letter. I love that. Well, we already heard my great German accent. Oh, yeah. So. No, we heard it. We nailed it. We, we've hit we the high point. Um, so to answer, I mean, that, great that's, a, really, that's yeah. a great letter. That's a really interesting perspective. And uh, uh, I want to ne see an image of that Xena with like the pants. <laughs> yeah, really, on that's it. a like, rare collector. Never, never apologize for your letter being too long. No, no, so. we love that. Um, to answer some of the questions here, uh, what do you think is the game that you're most looking forward to that we haven't done? Um, Are you looking at like, like a big game or like something small? How about... Jet Force Gemini. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because I played that quite a bit and then totally lost interest in it, so I'll be curious to go back to it. Okay, all right. I um, think I would have to go with Diddy Kong Racing because okay. uh, pretty much every uh, guest has talked that up. Like, everyone really loves Diddy I, Kong Racing. I, I do not, not love it. Diddy Kong. I have played more Diddy Kong Racing than I would like, so I'm not oh. looking forward to play more of it. Well, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we have some dissenting uh, opinions hmm. here. Um, you guys haven't done Diddy Kong Racing? No. Not yet. No, we haven't gotten to it. Oh yeah. wow! Uh, I'm surprised. We've got Mario Kart out, but uh, yeah, right. I think it's come. It's coming up soon. It's coming up in a couple okay. weeks. All right, all uh, right. That'll be a good one. <laughs> um, as far as uh, non-USA specific games that look most interesting, so we did talk about Sin and Punishment. There, we have an episode on our uh, Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/Ultra64Pod, where we do a full review of that game and yeah, a full history. So just like just like a regular episode. Yeah, if you're interested okay. in Sin and Punishment, definitely uh, uh, sign up for that and check that out. And it, it's likely that we'd talk about some more import games here if we yeah. can find ones. The, the N64 is not like a huge importer's dream. No, like, there's no. not a ton that didn't appear. Um, on the U.S. or that um, that translates super well. A game that I have long been curious about, um, just because it looks like it has a really cool art style, is I think it's called Rakugan Kids, something yeah. like that. We it, talked about that on one of our fighting game episodes yeah, at one point. It's it looks like, cool. Yeah, it's like a weird sort of cartoony-looking 2D fighter um, that... I, I'm curious to play. It was only it was only released in the PAL region. Yeah. Or I think there's a Japanese version too, but mm. the PAL one's in English. But it's surprisingly hard to get PAL stuff to work on US TV. Yeah, yeah, it's um. very weird. 
I was always curious about a game. Uh, I think it came out in Japan. But it was planned for the U.S. release, but it never got one. It was called Doshin the Giant. Oh yes, it's like a god sim where, but but like not it, really because you're like friends with a god. It came out on the it came out on the disc drive. Oh, did it? Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I didn't ever know much about it. I just know it was all about world building and like maintaining a relationship with this giant creature. And it, it sounded like a really interesting kind of. I think of there might game. be it might be on the GameCube also. Oh really? Right? I'll mess. I'll, I might be able to find it. I think there might yeah. be a PAL release of a GameCube version of that game. Let's stick around. I'd like yeah. to try it. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, Kevin, is there a game that uh, we? I don't know. You don't know if we've uh, what we've covered. Is there a game you're looking forward to hearing about? If the, we've covered it, we can point you in the right direction. <sighs> no. <laughs> but I, I, I want to go, and I want to, I want to go down the rabbit hole and and just start, uh, yeah, reliving my my childhood. And now that we I talked can... about Army Man, there's nothing left. That yeah, was the only not. game you had for N64. <laughs> it was just an Army Man delivery service. It was oh, the one well. that gave me the most. It's it's the one that stuck out the most because it I, it, it evoked the strongest emotions mm. that had nothing to do with my enjoyment of the game. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Well, that's uh, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kevin, for being here. Uh, do you have anything to to plug and promote? Any uh, social media things you want to toss out here? Uh, sure. Uh, you could find me my personal Instagram. Hi, I'm Kevin Kim. Just spelled <laughs> just like that, except I just remade it. I got hacked uh, a couple months ago. Oh no! And, and no, that was just, me. And I know. <laughs> Well, thanks. You know, I needed a fresh yep. start. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good attitude. Yeah. So it's it's. I think there's like three flyers on there right now for 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 various bands. But um, uh, I'm looking forward to rebuilding that. And uh, just to go back to Army Men, for those of you who who happen to be maybe stuck in a cabin in a <laughs> snowstorm, and all there is is Sarge's heroes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, strafe is your best friend. Just strafe around, and you can mm. get through. You can get through the levels, and and uh, multiplayer doesn't matter. Just just be frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> just be frustrated should be the new motto of our show. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on, Kevin. Uh, next week, oh, what are we even playing next week? I totally forgot. Uh, let me take a look at that real quick while I vamp and make up time and pretend that I'm not looking can, through a Google mm -hmm. sheet right now. Can we think of any more pirate jokes? I pirate I, puns? I already are you not to. <laughs> okay. um, I will make you walk the plank. Next week, we are, uh, we're, we're hitting the road once again with a couple of racing games. And this time, we're getting very hoity-toity with it because we're talking about a trio of F1 racing games. Ooh. So we have F1 Pole Position. World Grand Prix and Monaco uh, Monaco Grand Prix and Indie Racing 2000. So four games we're going to be playing. Uh, you remember Excuse when me. I said that Jet Force Gemini was the ones I was most excited to play? Now it's it's these. actually these. Yeah, these are surprising. Like some of these are like bestsellers on the system. Oh some my of these gosh. are like really popular. I don't think I played any of them. I haven't either. I I'm not familiar with the world of F1 racing at all. So I'm going to dig into that. And because we have a racing game, that means uh, all of you at home write us in with some uh, discussion questions because there's usually not a lot to say about racing games. So uh, send us in some of your, your favorite discussion questions. It could be about pretty much any topic, and we'll talk about it. Um, in the meantime, uh, I'm going to break out my magnifying glass and uh, this bucket of uh, toy soldiers and just uh, see what happens. Well, too bad you live in Washington State and it's 40 degrees out. I'll wait outside till the sun comes okay. out. It's only a few months now. All right, good night, everybody. Yeah.